and welcome back to another Scranton Talks podcast. This is Desiree here, one of the hosts of the podcast, and I'm so glad you can join us again for another episode. Scranton Talks is a podcast for aspiring filmmakers, lovers of film, and anyone who's into filmmaking, whether you're new or professional, this podcast is for you. It is full of inspirational, informative, and fun talks with other filmmakers about their projects and their journeys. Scranton Talks is part of the Independent Film Creative Hub based in Scranton, Pennsylvania with hosts Luz Cabrales and myself, Desiree Zelinsky, who founded the Independent Film Creative Hub, which is geared to help filmmakers reach their potential in becoming successful creative artists. And I'm so happy you can join us for another episode. So we just came off of uh, filming my mystery box film challenge film, Luce and I, and we had Danielle come up from Philly. Uh, We filmed on Halloween in Nayog Park in Scranton. So that was pretty fun dodging all the downpours and it was chilly, but um, we got the film shot and I'm in the process of editing my short film for the mystery box film challenge, which it's winding down pretty closely as I'm, Uh, recording this podcast. We're in November already, which is crazy. So the Mystery Box Film Challenge, if you're participating, is winding down shortly. Um, They have the regular deadline on November 10th and the late late deadline on November 30th. But for this episode of Scranton Talks podcast, Luce and I sat down with filmmaker and director Tony Susie. Tony is an art director, designer, and filmmaker making funky projects of all shapes and sizes. His most recent films include The Restaurant, which won Best of Show for the 2020 Mystery Box Film Challenge, and Johan, a retrospective by Todd Klemp, which both can be seen on the Mystery Box YouTube channel. Tony's kind of in my realm, where I am actually have a background in graphic design first, and then got into filmmaking later. So Luce and I had a wonderful time talking with Tony about his journey into filmmaking and kind of the overlaps between him being an art director, designer, and filmmaker. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Luz Cabrales, and I'm the co-founder of the Independent Film Creative Hub, as well as Scranton Films. Hi, everyone. My name is Desiree Zlinski. I'm also the co-founder of the Independent Film Creative Hub. I also run NEPA Film Society, a local filmmaking community here in Northeast Pennsylvania, and I'm also the organizer of the Mystery Box Film Challenge. We're very excited to be bringing you Scranton Talks through our social media platforms and actually for the first, first time live on air on ECTV Channel 19. Woohoo! We are, we'll be announcing more content soon and we invite all creators around the area to reach out to Desiree and I uh, through our independent creative hub uh, because we want to grow the creative and filmmaking industry in our beautiful and thriving area. And ECTV has given us a platform to make this happen. Uh, we're, so we're going to work very hard in the next few months or years, whatever it takes to just bring that um, bring the filmmaking industry here. Uh, because it, we know that it's already here. We have a lot of talented, talented filmmakers and creatives. Uh, but this is our time. So um, I'll let Desiree introduce our guest for today. Yeah, for tonight's Grand Talk, we have Tony Susie here with us. Ooh. Welcome, Tony. Thank you for joining us today. 
Thanks so much for having me. It's super exciting. Well, to give everyone a little bit of background about Tony, Tony is a local filmmaker here in Northeast PA. He is an art director, designer, filmmaker. He makes funky projects of all shapes and sizes. His most recent films include The Restaurant, which won Best of Show in 2020 for the Mystery Box Film Challenge. And he also participated in the challenge again with Johan, a retrospective by Todd Glenn, which both can be seen on the Mystery Box YouTube channel. So be sure to check that out. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, we're very happy that you're here with us, Tony. Uh, Tony and I have been longtime friends for a while, and I have seen him grow throughout these years with his design work, filmmaking, and we're just so happy that he can help us kick, uh, you know, kick off this uh, this this episode. And technically, we're on episode number four, so you can catch it on our social media. We'll we'll give you all that at the end. Um, so we're gonna get started again. The way we have our conversations here, they're very very laid back uh you know we want you to feel comfortable here because you know we're all filmmakers we're all artists trying to uh do some great stuff but uh let's talk a little bit about your demo reel uh maybe we can get started there because that uh really uh gives us a full picture of what you do um and and then we'll go from there um so go ahead <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's been like, uh, it's it's not quite, it's not outdated, it's from last year, but that's like a combination of everything that I love from the design work that I do, the film work, the client work, the personal work, it's just all smushed into one big thing that makes it, you know, hopefully makes what I do exciting and, because it is exciting, and uh, and just colorful and has the madness of the animation and design and direct directing that I, that I really love. I love like the combination of everything, how you can especially as a director and designer, how you can interact with like so many different skill sets uh, of other people and collaborate with them. But then also like take everything, you know, I have a little bit of a knowledge in a lot of things and how to take that and just like combine it into projects. And that's the, the culmination of that in the demo reel that we just, we just saw. So, yeah. That's great. Yeah, that is, that is very great. Uh, very good. Um, so as far as the design stuff that you do, right, um, we're going to get a little bit into the design first. And Desiree is actually a designer herself. Uh, so I'm very excited that she can talk a little bit more about that. And then um, just that process, how you got started with the design part in your, you know, your evolution uh, when it comes to being an artist. Yeah, I feel like Tony and I are kind of like the same. Well, we're both graphic designers and your work is very impressive. Um, I'm just curious, were you like a designer first? Because for me, I, I went to school for graphic design, then found my interest in film, but always had an interest in film. Or is it like, were you a designer first and got into filmmaking or was it the other way around? Yeah, it was kind of the other way around. It's like weird because it, it's like steps and like, eras of like doing stuff i've always loved film and since like literally the age of five i've always loved like star wars and then lord of the rings and as early as i can remember i've been watching like special features so like that kind of i was i loved it growing up made all these like silly short films with like my cat and my friends and my cousins pulling them in and being like do this with do this short film with the cat or do this thing with action figures so like for like the years of like five to you know 15 i was making all these silly little short films and uh and then i kind of as like college started to approach i was like well i, I don't know if i want to go to film school necessarily because i feel like i need more of a grounding in like the visual aspect of it uh and actually lose has been an, a great influence on me because at those last couple years of high school lose uh, kind of helped me like hone my art and design skills so that i was able to apply to design school uh once i graduated well before i graduated and get into kutztown university which is in the lehigh valley so i went to school there for four years 
um, for graphic design and advertising. And that helped complement the like interest I had in film. And then it kind of just fused a little bit, graduated uh, in 2015 and started working as an art director in the day job. And then also making short films on the side and then also applying that to some of the video work at a lot of the video work that we did uh, at the agency I was at. So it's kind of always been this combination of things. I was at that agency for a couple of years and then went freelance and also freelance in terms of working on local film sets and local commercial shoots and short films. So like that progression just kept going and uh, I've never lost that love of Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. Even to this day, it just has expanded into hopefully a little bit more of a broader palette of like, you know, maybe Michelle Gondry films and Wes Anderson and a lot of other things. Um, It's not just like just that anymore, but that kind of put me on the trajectory to like just making things. And then like, I kind of don't distinguish sometimes whether it's a piece of design or a piece of motion or film animation, it all feels very much the same to me. So it's like using the design eye and composition and layout to apply to when you're shooting something and writing something like it, the mind, my mind works in like this amalgam and sometimes chaotic madness uh, in the process of doing things. So it's kind of how that, that went about the short, short of it for, you know, 15, 20 years of making stuff, you know. No, yeah, it seems, like a, it seems like a lot of things are go hand in hand. I do see like graphic design and film go hand in hand, even if it's like there are graphic designers who work in the film industry as a crew basis, but like everything complements each other. I do see that. Yeah, I mean, that's really the the, the great thing about filmmaking, right? That, uh, you know, at least what I love about it is that we can incorporate so much of everything in, you know, in this world, uh, any profession can really be part of uh, the filmmaking process. And I think, um, you know, a lot of people don't know that design makes, you know, is a, is a big part in filmmaking. Everything we see, everything we, you know, as we drive and, and see billboards, you know, in the magazines, uh, we're seeing uh, creative work everywhere. You know, and, it, yeah. and, you know, some sometimes, you know, it's made to be in your face, you know, but it is yeah. still design. And um, I think that um, that creativity that you're taking is, is really is really a great thing because now you know how you have to have certain things, how they have to look and what people should feel when they actually see them. Mm. Right. Yeah, it's a great melting pot of everything. So like with design, you get like this idea of composition and color and aesthetics. And then with uh, film, it's like then there's story structure and plot and character. And it's like just smashing it all together and making this thing. I mean, it's super exciting because I think I feel like I said, film and like any type of motion work is like the culmination of all the creative fields thrown in, like writing and, you know, painting and and shooting film and then like you know using type in the titles like there's you can literally do anything that is artistically related and throw it into a film in some fashion so like that kind of aspect has always really excited me it makes me think like film and and like motion is is basically like the the pinnacle the culmination of like all these artistic mediums and it's exciting you know it's exciting to always dip your toe into it Right, right, right. Well, okay. So now let's let's backtrack, right? And we're gonna talk a little bit about that that journey. You pretty much uh, summed it all up. You know, you said you know we have we I have the design process, I have the filmmaking, I had it when I was you know uh, you know a child. I wanted to do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So let's bring Tony Susie back to when he started college, right? You uh, you say mm-hmm. you went to Kutztown University, correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, maybe someone uh, out there is watching and saying, you know what? 
I want to do this. I want to, I want to be involved in filmmaking. I want to be involved in design, but I don't know how. So let's uh, give them a little bit of that and what you felt when you were going through that process. Yeah, it was good because like in order to get into the program at Clitstown, you needed to do an art test, which Luz helped me with, uh, helped me like just was great at critiquing and being like, you know, running ideas and, and comps and concepts. So you had to do an art test of three projects to get in and they had to, it didn't just have to be executed well or drawn well or painted well, it had to have an idea behind it. So like that was one of the first notions of like, it's visuals with ideas that tell a story that communicate, which is basically all that design is. It's visuals communicating. So it's all about communication. And then that very much leads into storytelling. So when I got to Kutztown, it was like, I started to do like the early intro drawing and 3D design courses and understanding like, okay, it's always about thinking about the details and the big picture and the concept and the what you're trying to say with this piece of art, this visual. So that that like was four years of that and figuring out how to just continue to refine the technical skills and your, con your, your concept skills. So uh, it was that sort of constantly getting better, which I love. Like you're, as long as you're trying to always improve your skill sets, like the quantity of stuff isn't necessarily important. The quality is, but sometimes doing a lot of it and having a, a large quantity gets you to the quality aspect. So just making stuff and learning new things and learning new techniques is like massively important and trying things and maybe and seeing what sticks against the wall and like seeing, oh, maybe this didn't work, but I learned this one little thing and I'll apply it to the next thing I do. Like that was a constant, the, the, the four years at Kutztown uh, in design school was a constant progression and changing and then also the whole concept of like collaborators and working with other students not just on projects but just being like what do you think of this how could it be better because pretty much from day one in design school or any type of art school you have critiques and it's basically it's a very humbling moment of like you do a drawing and everybody puts their drawings up on the wall the next day and everybody talks about them for two or three hours which is was insane to me but it's like you get this constant feedback loop of of your peers of teachers and then you put it up in the hallway then other people who are just random from wherever say stuff about it and you just you not that you could let it like get you down but it, it's still that constructive criticism aspect and then it's like okay I'll take that in yes that's good advice no that's not so good or what I was going for so I won't take that and you just apply it to the next thing and it I and it was a good like foundation for going into design as a career and then like also filmmaking because it's so collaborative. So like working on the mystery box uh, films, which have been like the two main film projects I've done the last two years, which is awesome because it makes you like, uh, sometimes I'm bad with deadlines for myself because with my day job, I do have deadlines like multiple times a day. But if I, with like my own personal projects, having the mystery box was like, we need to get it done by now. And we got the assignment now. So like I was able to take general ideas I had for short films and be like, no, this might work for the mystery box. Okay. Let's wrap all the mystery box elements into it and then do this thing. And that's what we did last year with the restaurant. And the whole idea of like gathering collaborators, actors, uh, you know, lose helped and did the sound last year. So like, there's this whole thing of like wrangling the talent and the resources and then like making something and having it done by a date because you need to get it done, put it out there, submit it and then move on to the next one. Like you have to just constantly be making the stuff. And, and that constant process makes you, it makes you basically a professional, but like a working artist so that you have that process. And it's not like, oh, I have an idea block or I have like brain block or writer's block or I can't do. It's like, no, you got to like, just do it. Like, and do something and it might not be bad, not, might not be good. Come back the next day, figure out why it's not good and then make it better. Like, you know, it's just that constant thing. Same thing with film and, and like editing is that loop for me too, of like you edit something you have. I always have a crazy long cut, like all oh, the short, the short film for the mystery box had to be 10 minutes. 
the first cuts were like 17 minutes, 20 minutes. Then it was down to 15. Then it was down to 13. Then it finally got down to 10. I was aiming for nine, but you know, like, <laughs> so it, it's always right. the cutting back, you know? So, um, for people that don't know what the mystery box is, right. Let's go, let's, let's talk a little bit more about that. Uh, which you already, uh, yeah. you know, sort of like started introducing. Yeah. Um, that's right. Tell us more about the mystery box because that's a big event that happens here every, yeah. every year. And we want to keep it that way. Um, and then mm -hmm. we'll go into, because uh, Tony, I believe uh, you were an award winner uh, for 2020. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But uh, I'll let you introduce that, uh, Desiree, that was, since we, you know, we started talking about that. It's a perfect, perfect thing. <laughs> yeah, so the Mystery Box Film Challenge, like I always say, it's a film challenge for anyone who loves to make films. Um, we're in partnership with the Northeast Pennsylvania Film Festival. It's been about seven years running, the challenge. And what... The Mystery Box Film Challenge is it's you filmmakers have about two months to make a short film that's about 10 minutes long. And they receive items and prompts that they have to use in their film. Like they get a character name, a line of dialogue, um, a specific shot type, a prompt that they have to use. So it's kind of like everyone gets the same thing, but it's kind of interesting to see at the end of it, which at the end, they, if anyone submits a film to the challenge, they premiere at the Northeast Pennsylvania Film Festival, whenever that happens. Um, so it's just really interesting because everyone gets all the same items that they have to use, kind of like Chop on Food Network. It's kind of like that, mm. but it's for filmmakers. Get the everyone gets the same kind of thing, but they all have completely different films. Like they take it in completely different directions, which is pretty amazing. And we do give out an award for Best of Show. Tony did get Best of Show in 2020 for the restaurant film. Um, but it's a really great film challenge. And it's, it's for anyone who loves to make films. It's just a great catalyst. If someone wants to even get started in filmmaking or if you're a professional and you want to do something fun and creative, it's a great challenge to get involved. And we're on film freeway now. All the dates are there. And we're going to kick off the challenge this year for 2022 on September 1st. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. We're actually getting ready for that. We're going to do a nice little promo for you guys so you can see, you know, what this year's um, box has. Um, but uh, we'll backtrack to uh, the film that you did for the mystery box. And um, cool. we'll focus on that a little bit uh, just to see. Yeah. Um, I know you already talked about it, but uh, for, for that particular one, how do you go from, um, you know, the design aspect in, in, to start a film? Right now, I know that, you know, the mystery box was a challenge, right? So tell mm -hmm. us more about the process there that you had to do, right? Uh, from the beginning uh, of you uh, starting to write something like what, it, what was the biggest challenge, I guess. If, right. You know. the, the mystery box last year was great. Cause like, again, it's perfect. Cause like, like Jesse said, it's a catalyst to get you to make something. So like you, you're like, Oh, I'm busy. And I don't have, I have, you know, I have all these excuses, but then it's like, no, there's a deadline. Here's the things just do it. And the personalities of the filmmakers get into it too, you know, in terms of, it's also great. Cause it's like all different ranges, you know, somebody who's making their first film or their 50th film, you know, like there's a range of people, but the first person who made the first film, that film might have more heart. So I haven't, I hadn't made a film in like two years. Uh, and then last year that came along. I was like, I'm doing the mystery box and Lou's like, okay, but you got to finish it. So I was like, okay, fine. So I, we got all the ingredients and I, I had I'm always like collecting ideas and writing down notes and my notebooks are all crazy because there's like film idea from like 10 years ago and it's like oh that might be interesting but I went to a local uh, Chinese restaurant near me like probably a year before the mystery box and I was like it might be cool to shoot something here at some point and then like the mystery box came up and I'm like aha this is the opportunity so that I wrote I 
previously I wrote all these like ideas for things, scrapped them. I'm like, okay, this is what the story is going to be. And it was basically like this kind of like cyberpunk noir thriller thing where somebody comes in and they have to do a pickup of this technological deal. Um, so like, it, I don't want to give too much away, but it's like, it's kind of very noiry. So it's like, all right, let's go in that direction. Let's kind of really delve into like, you know, sci-fi subtle things. Okay, we got a tone. Okay, now I got to write the thing. And it's like, you got to write it fast and you got to make it out, get it out there. And it's like, okay, that's okay. But then re re rewrite it. So like rewriting it and getting into that. It's like, okay, now we got to start pre-production because we only have two months. So then it's like gathering actors. And, and one of our actors actually dropped out like days before. So we had to get uh, another actor, uh, Mike Petit, he came in and like the day before swoop in is like the, the there's two people in the movie. He was half of the movie essentially. Uh, the second lead, I guess, because Penelope was our first lead. But um, so it was like, oh, it's like this constant changing. Like my whole thing is because I don't have a producer's mindset naturally. So like wrangling the assets of all the people, the skills, the equipment, the lighting, make sure the location is good. We only had the location for the restaurant that we were shooting in from like 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. And I wish I said 10 p.m. because it would have been better, but that's fine. Like they were closed that day and they were more than willing and generous to be like, yeah, we'll give you these five hours for free. Like they, they were just incredibly nice at that uh, Chinese restaurant in Jessup. So like wrangling all the assets, get everybody together, getting kind of like some rehearsal in and then just going for it for, we literally had four hours to shoot most of it. And then we shot the rest like in a half a day after. So it was just, it was kind of a flurry of everything. And then like the cutting and, and getting it together. And like I said, getting it down to, it's like, this needs to be under 10 minutes. I had it like a 15 minute cut, a 13 minute cut, a 10 minute cut. And then I think it ended up being like seven minutes. And Luz helped kind of say like, the, before she was involved with the mystery box last, she's like, you might cut here or there, you know, and, and bring it down. So like that collaboration is always super exciting. And it's always a collaboration through every step of the process. It's a collaboration with the actors when you're on set and going through lines and trying, oh, try the line this way or that way. It's a collaboration. I shot that one. So it was like a collaboration with myself to figure out where, where the camera is going to be, how it's going to transition to the next shot. And I think about all those things to the point where I overthink them. And sometimes you just got to like, try it. And if it doesn't work, right. Review it on the day or, or you'll figure out it doesn't work in the edit. So it's like, <laughs> You know, that just, that's just the evolving process. Everything's always moving and it could be very hectic. And I have this term that Luz laughs at me about, but you do fly by the seat of your pants a little bit, as even as much as you plan. Uh, so, but if you plan more, then you're able to find like fun little things to, uh, to change and evolve on. So, yeah, as yeah, you're making the thing, great. which is exciting. Yeah, I'm very familiar <laughs> with Tony's The Restaurant film. And um, I think if anyone was watching here, it's like, okay, how do, it, it's kind of like, how did you find your casting? I know there's a lot of people here who make mm -hmm. films and they're like, how am I going to find an actor? How am I going to find crew? Like, what were your tools that you used to find your casting crew? Was it like, I just know people? Or did you like maybe go to like maybe the Philly film office and look for people? Because that's that's area. sometimes yeah. the hardest part, you know, trying to find yeah. the right people. So and, and your crew finding crew members as well. Mm -hmm. That crew was so small, it was like two people. <laughs> it was Luz who I made do the sound and then me who I did the camera. <laughs> I actually love that, but it, it is necessary to do have more people for, for bigger scale projects. Um, as far as casting, we worked with both actors uh previously, me and Luz. Um so like, I kind of knew, I was like, this part is sort of your personality. I said, went to both actors and was like, 
how, you know, would you want to do it? And I tried to make it like with parts that I know for local actors or people I know, it's like, I try and write the part a little bit to what their personality is already. That way they don't have to do much acting and there's less workshopping on the day. Uh, so that's kind of how that happened. I would, I've never done like a full scale, like rehearsal, pro, rehearsal process, but casting process where it's like, okay, we have these 10 people. They're going to come in and read. I'm going to read with them. We'll evaluate. We'll talk about the part. Like I've never done a full casting process like that because everybody has been kind of a, oh, you're a great person. Let's work together um, type of aspect. So it's like, you know, oh, I'm writing this next project. I think you'd be good, great for it. And that's how everything's evolved. But I would eventually love to do a full casting process and reach out, you know, whether it's in our area or the Philly film office of like, is there any actors or even on um, like backstage? I haven't done that yet. I've, I've worked with a friend who my friend Spencer, who made a short film in the Philly area and he did that process. And I went and actually saw people come in and read with them for their casting. And, and it was a really fun process just that I've never done it. So like maybe on the next one, hopefully on the next one, we'll, we'll be doing that. So. Yeah. I think yeah. it was that Bridget and I actually did the film challenge in 2017 for our film. And we, with, it was, the wonderful film community we have in Northeast PA, you know, everyone and everyone was doing the challenge and everyone was filming the same month. Yeah. So we were looking for actors outside the area. So we used the film office in Philadelphia to look for cast, put a casting notice on the yeah. Philly film office. And we did get a lot of responses, like sending us a video of reading them reading awesome. what they wanted. And our, uh, our one actress actually came all the way from Philadelphia to help with us. And she was amazing. And everyone had so much fun on set. And speaking of having fun on set, were there any funny moments on set that happened? Which I'm sure usually, like we always ask if there were obstacles. So were there any funny moments that happened? The whole thing was an obstacle. <laughs> the time barrier <laughs> right. was an obstacle. The thing, uh, no, it was good. Um, the whole thing was just making sure everything was right. Like one of our actors got there later, so we didn't quite have as much. I had to shoot because it's a two-handed conversation, so it's like two people talking. And I try, I try to be very formal with it and shoot coverage of like a wide of the whole thing, a medium of the whole thing, and then one shot with each person. So, but we ended up starting with the actor who got there first. We shot all of his coverage without the other actor there, and I was like, I know your performance is going to be as much as, you, but I'll try and just we'll do it again if she gets here in time. Like it, it was okay. And, and he did fantastic, actually, like even without the other actor to play off of for the whole thing. We did his his one shot, you know, got that pretty much done. Then she came and we did everything else. Um, so like that was a challenge, making sure there was a camera move that I had in there that was like this spinning camera move of like as there was a fight commencing, it would spin around. It would actually like pan around the whole thing and kind of be this slow, like guttural, visceral I, I had planned in my head. And it was going to be a... a it wasn't going to cut, but then I had a reflection in the, in the one glass and I was like, oh, it's not going to work. Well, so like that, that was a challenge. <laughs> yeah. That was a challenge that it's like, I didn't think about, you know? So it's like, uh, and then we shot a scene outside for like that half day shoot after that. And it was like, it's, it was, this was like January. Uh, Cause I think everything was due in February or like mid February last year. So like yeah. we ended up, it was an outdoor scene. Everybody was dressed pretty well. Like nobody had to like, everybody had full clothes on, but it started to rain and then it started to kind of snow and it was icy and we had a scene outside and we had umbrellas and I, and then it was at some point it was, it was just like, I think the, I think the actor's cold. So like, let's try and go a little bit faster. It's like, I was like, but I want five more shots. And she's like, maybe get them really fast. So then like, so there's always like, if you're not hit up by time barriers, you're hit up by weather barriers and, and obstacles that you got to try and, but it's all about like trying to figure out like what's the creative solution to the thing that's facing me right now in the moment. And that's sort of, 
even in my, you know, micro budget level of filmmaking, that's kind of always been the case. And I feel like, I feel like I hear directors who have like $150 million budgets who say that's the case too. So that's something that you're just not going to, you're not going to escape, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, having an obstacle, I think it's, it's what's going to make your next film better, right? Mm -hmm. uh, because then 100%. you're going to learn. Uh, about what you're doing right now and how you can make it better. Um, I mean, you touched on uh, quite a few things that were like perfect as far as like, you have to have a good relationship with the actors. You have to have a good relationship with, uh, you know, even if they're your friends, you, you, you need to make sure they're going to show up. You know, mm, they're going to show exactly. up to make the film. They're going to show up to help you out. Um, cause a lot of times, you know, we're it's making, <laughs> we're making projects and we're not paying people. You know, we're giving them lunch. Yeah. You know, we're giving exactly. them a little bit of that. So you have to have that relationship. Um, so basically on there that. There is that difference between, uh, excited friends and reliable friends. Correct. Correct. And <laughs> you it, know, but. Yeah. No, 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 you're right. I think that's the biggest obstacle, you know, just being able to, to know that, you know, um, you have a passion for something, you want to do it and, and following through uh, is going to be the biggest, you know, because anything can happen in between, right? Um, mm -hmm. But to give that, um, we have um, a question uh, right from the audience and let's touch on that uh -huh. just to kind of make it a little bit different because uh, I do want to talk about the next film that you did after this and just yeah. because I want to show it at the end of the, uh, this uh, stream where people get to see the the one that you did after okay um so uh, kyle santos actually just said he will shoot for coffee <laughs> and a bagel so pretty much <laughs> as people are willing and they're ready to go it happens exactly. feeding people is very important if you take anything away feeding people is very important exactly yes. so um we have a question that says tony who are your three directors who have influenced you the most uh it, it changes <laughs> throughout the years but like right now it's like well it used to be like George Lucas and Peter Jackson. And they're still mm -hmm. very much the top, but right now it's Taika Waititi uh, mm -hmm. of, you know, Thor Ragnarok and what we do in the shadows mm -hmm. and boy and Hunt for the world of people. He's like my favorite director right now, just because he has this like weird bonkers, you know, personality that is and flavor that's infused in his work. Um, I love Michelle Gondry work. Eternal sunshine of spotless mind is amazing and one of my favorite films of all time and then christopher nolan so like yes i'm kind of basic in that sense of christopher nolan the director's director basically oh everybody uh, likes christopher nolan but <laughs> the prestige is one of my favorite films mm -hmm. of all time and that was one of the first films that like expanded my mindset outside of lord of the rings and star wars right. you know i watched that in 2006 when it came out at the ripe young age of 13 and was like like, oh my goodness, films can be that too. Like my mind exploded and then I like watched it nine other times. I do, I'm going to be like a cheat and say, I also love the Coen brothers too, but like they're not top three, but I love them. Like <laughs> No Country for Old Men is also, that was another one I was like, I didn't know a movie could be like that. And then I immediately rewatched it like right after I watched it the first time. So like, yeah, th those are the top three and a half for, you know. So that's, those are the main. Yeah. So um, we're getting close to the end here, uh, but uh, I wanna, you know, before we leave, uh, let's talk a little bit about. Okay, so now you have made the mystery box that you did first, which was the restaurant. Mm -hmm. Which uh, we're not gonna show the full movie today, but uh, it is on your website, which is tonysusie.com. Yep. Correct. And we're going to show yes. that uh, screen at the end as well. Um, now you're in. Okay, so you did that, and now twenty twenty. 2020 really uh you know like the new mystery box that uh, was really yes. 2021 because we had like a little bit of a 
you know, mishap yeah. in there with the pandemic. Uh, but you did an, an, another film and you did it through a pandemic as well. So let's talk yes. briefly about that because uh, we don't have a lot of time. But just to okay. be able to show the film at the end, um, yeah. what was the main difference between the two of them uh, creatively? You know, like what you saw and how you um, saw your, you know, how you got better, basically. I, I did see how I got better. Um, not that I'm fantastic, but for the second one, the whole thing was this like expansion on colla on collaboration because I met uh, previously, like kind of in between the restaurant and the mystery box. See, I met uh, a great local filmmaker named Zach Wilcox. Shout out, which eventually he'll be on here. Um, he's a cinematographer, gaffer. He's written and directed real films that had real budgets. Uh, and he, but he was, he was a gaffer on a local commercial that we worked on and we worked on a couple of them together. And at some point uh, before the, the mystery box for this year came about, he's like, uh, you know, what are you going to, are you doing the mystery box? If yes, I want to shoot it. Like that was just how it came about. And that was in like December or January. And we talked about it and we were like stayed separate for forever and like just talked about it via zoom. And then it's like, all right, we got to meet. So we eventually became, it came into each other's pods as we prepped the film and uh, and then shot it in January, well, February, really. Um, and it was fantastic to work with the cinematographer and, a, and really a full-on collaborator because I, I did the script, I showed it to him, he's like, great. And then we did we shot it and then there was editing and color that we went back and forth with. It was, it was a true collaborative process and we've been making stuff since January. Like we, we shot uh, a short documentary on a local actor who we're, we're editing right now. We shot a short film in like four hours a month ago that, that we put together and just shot it, you know, put it. So we're, we're constantly making stuff and that it's like, ignited a level of collaboration with a, a, a fellow like filmmaker who has more experience than me but is still willing to collaborate on my same level and like i feel like we both make each other better because we have uh different skill sets and we're thinking about different things so that was the thing that came with this additionally uh we worked with an actor named nathan zonlo who's also a local actor and there was all this improvisation that came along with it so i wrote a very tight script not super tight because it was 13 pages and need to be 10 minutes but uh, there was a ton of improvisation that happened with him because we wanted the character to be very flowing. It was a mockumentary style piece. So we're like, just, we'll just do these interviews and we'll just run them long and just add what you want. And all that stuff, a lot of that stuff got in the best bits of the film ended up being improvised parts. So that was the thing like, okay, more collaboration with the actors and like figuring out how they want to own the role, what the character is going to be. And like that really deep workshopping while you're shooting it. So that was the main thing. And then just putting it together. And then the new experience was last year, uh, the, the viewing was all on Facebook Live because of the pandemic. This year, it was actually in front of a live audience and it was up on a big screen. So it's like, you know stars in our eyes as it was up there and that was super exciting so yeah we were very again, excited it's a fantastic thing we yeah. were very excited because we got a whole bunch of films and uh i mean this is the first time that i uh also collaborate with uh desiree to try to bring the mystery box and i think just to see the filmmakers and their hard work just putting it all yeah. out there on the screen i think uh, it made a difference and it's good that you mentioned that uh because it is there is a fantastic. difference between uh facebook live and having it on a big screen but uh, mm -hmm. i think that the work is the same you have to put in the work yep. whether you have it on a small screen or a big screen um, for sure. But um, if, if Desiree doesn't have any more questions, uh, then uh, we usually do something at the end uh, before we ask the main question at the end before we uh, end the stream. But uh, I'll leave Drum it up roll. to Desiree if, if she's uh, wondering anything about Tony Susie, you know. 
Well, with the mystery box, I mean, it was such a great turnout in April. We did both. It was live in person at the festival in April of this year, and we did it live stream because of the pandemic. And I'm just curious if, like, people's like, how did you work with making a film in the pandemic? I'm sure because Luce and I did a film as well with the mystery box, and it was just thinking a whole another way of thinking of like, how do we keep people safe? And what was your thinking about like, how am I going to make this during a pandemic? Yeah, we definitely wrote for the sense of like, there's there's maybe one shot in the whole film. That there's two people. Well, there's like two or three people. And we made sure everybody was uh, very much like, even though like not everybody was vaccinated, some people were. We made sure they were vaccinated. Everybody wore masks. Everybody was distanced. Even if we were inside, we kept the, the sets closed. You know, there was there was a ton that we thought into and we were constantly thinking of like just keeping everybody safe and okay as we were going along the process. Um, you know, just especially cause like, you know, we had actors of all different ages with the two. So like we did, we really tried to just as much as possible, like, again, me and Zach came into each other's pods. We were all very much like trying to uh, be aware of where our interactions would be out in the world. And then like, afterwards everybody basically isolated for the two weeks after shooting just in case you know there was no instances of any type of COVID we took temperatures on set like there was we tried to follow as much protocol as possible that we that was available at the time from bigger sets but just in our microcosm of a, of a micro budget film so like we were very uh, aware of what was going on and just tried to build the story a little bit around that because it was incorporated into the story a bit and then also just build our approach to shooting everything around that so that there isn't right. you know 10 people in a shot and how did that that's just unnecessary how did that change your creative approach i mean i'm sure you uh had a plan and maybe you had to like fix it up here and there because not just the pandemic just because you were making a film you know that's yeah that's right there is you know hard enough yeah i it just it just made you like constantly even more hyper aware that it's like, just be flexible, just be flexible. Okay. We're not going to get these five shots. Let's try and do it in two one or like, you know, like mm -hmm. try and do a one or, or, you know, like, okay, we only have this person, you know, or, Oh, this person might not feel fully comfortable doing this thing. Like that's fine. We'll redo it in this way. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's just always trying to be listening to what your crew and and uh, cast are telling you. You know, again, this was a small one. There was never more than four people or five people, I guess, shooting at, at once. And so it was just keeping it small and like uh, not intimate, but you know, close knit. So right, right, right. No, felt that they could communicate uh, if they were, you know, feeling uncomfortable or not that anybody did, but if they were feeling uncomfortable or, or like they thought something, everybody was able to speak up basically and, and harbor and fostering that environment. So it wasn't like a, you know, people didn't feel like they were being forced to do something they didn't want to do. Right. You know? Right. Well, you know, um, so. that's, that's very important. Uh, definitely. So, okay. So we are running a little bit out of time. Uh, we don't want to make this too long so people can actually watch yeah. it. Uh, we want to make sure to ask you one last question though. Okay. Cause again, yeah. <laughs> how I uh, mentioned before, you know, there, there might be people here that are, uh, you know, seasoned filmmakers watching and there might be people that are, you know, that are trying to be filmmakers. Maybe they don't know how to get started. Right. Uh, you talked mm -hmm. about your journey. Everybody's journey is completely different, but at one point I think we all kind of have something in common, which is our mm -hmm. creativity and our, you know, drive to make something right. And yeah. so what advice would you give to an up and coming filmmaker? Or filmmakers, you know, maybe there's a few. I mean, it's so cliche, but it's just like, go make something, you know, kind of go make something and be flexible while you're making it. Uh, you either go make something like right now, you know, do it, shoot it in a day by yourself with friends, whatever, 
shoot it in a day, edit it in a day, get it done. If you feel like, you know, you don't have self-motivation to do that, then sign up for the mystery box for next year and do it because that's going to give you a deadline and you're going to be, you know, have more responsibility. So I hate to be the plug for the mystery box, but it's really been super great for the last two years. So, oh, we love uh, that. but yeah, just, it's kind of just make it like be, you have these ideas in your head to a degree, actually to a huge degree. It doesn't matter if they're good when you finish them, you, you finish them, you learn something, the next one will be better. Right. You know, like it doesn't matter if it's good. It's cool. There's a lot of crazy, dumb things out in the world. <laughs> make your crazy, dumb thing. Like that's, that's sort of the, the woohoo, woohoo piece of, uh, creative inspiration advice i'd say but the, some of the some of the stupid like we, we like johan the thing we did last year it's so stupid it's silly it's dumb but like i like making it i think it's fun to watch sometimes that's you know that's enough i think more than more than me yeah but sometimes that's <laughs> enough too yeah so well that's, yeah, that's gonna make you better thing. for the next one and it's just gonna continue and it doesn't mean that the first one was bad it just means that you learn something that you can bring mm -hmm. uh to the table but all right well uh desiree will do uh, a wrap-up and then we'll um actually yeah. hold on you know before i do that thank you tony <laughs> thank you for being oh, here thank you i mean we're very excited yeah, to be sharing these stories uh with everyone um you know and uh again uh, tony uh TonySusie.com, uh, where he you can watch uh, his demo reel again, uh, and you can see you know some of the stuff he does around the area. Maybe hire him as well to do some like cool movies. You know, you never know uh, who you're gonna meet. But uh, uh, Desiree will wrap up our um, our episode for today, and uh, then at the end I'll put in the, uh, the the movie. So if anyone wants to stick around, how long is the is the movie, Tony? Which one are you showing? Uh, Johans. Johans. 10 minutes exactly 10 minutes exactly all right perfect that should give us the hour for this episode so uh all right thank you yeah. tony thanks. uh i, I just so want to say too thanks so much for doing this like the whole collaboration that's going on in the in the in the area with like all the filmmakers doing stuff supporting each other making projects it's really exciting and i love that you guys are encouraging that and fostering it so you got I, sorry it. That's that's I'm our goal. No, that's thing. our goal. That's Wrap it up. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Uh, go ahead, uh, Desiree. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight with Grant and Talks, talking with Tony Susie, and we're going to be showing Johan in just a moment. We have wonderful events coming up, and be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date and subscribe to our YouTube channel to see any of our previous talks that we've done. The Independent Film Creative Hub is here for you, here to help filmmakers reach their potential in becoming successful creative artists. Be sure to visit our website, www.ourcreativehub.com, and join our directory. It's free to sign up, and it's free for you. And we are on. Uh, we have a podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify with yes. our screen I forgot about our podcast, uh, Desiree. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, everything that you see here, uh, we do put it on YouTube. We'll try to put it on uh, Instagram, uh, IGTV, uh, ECTV now, which is amazing. Uh, so yep. we're pretty much trying to reach everything. And if we can have it just on audio while you're, you know, uh, driving, uh, that's even better. Um, soon we'll probably have billboards around, you know, so you, you never know when you're going to see us. Yeah. But uh, just remember, we do everything here for free. I mean, we try to keep it free for, you know, our filmmakers uh, as far as the content goes, just to make sure that we keep going. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of, uh, it's a group effort. Uh, but thank you again. And Tony, thank you so much for uh, kicking off our, our ECTV uh, number four, Scranton Films. Awesome. Uh, Scranton Top Thank Show. Thank you so much.
Thank you for listening to the Scranton Talks podcast. I hope you enjoyed our time with us today. On our next episode, Luce and I will be talking with filmmaker and director James Worthington. His most recent films include two, which had been nominated for Best LGBTQ Short at the London Shorts Film Festival, and The Vampirist, which has been nominated for Best Horror Short at the London Shorts Festival and Best Horror at the Paris Film Festival. His short film, too, is a story about anxiety, uncertainty, love, patience, and the importance of just being there for someone. You can watch that short film on YouTube. Be sure to check out that episode. And be sure to check out our website, www.ourcreativehub.com, to sign up to our directory. It's free. There's a lot of filmmakers and people of all casts, crews, that you can find if you need help on your short film. Be sure to stay up to date on what's going on with the Independent Film Creative Hub by following us on Facebook and Instagram. And also you'll find our live Scranton Talks interviews on our YouTube channel and posted on Facebook. And with our wonderful partnership with Electric City Television, when we go live with our interviews, they are broadcasted locally on Electric City Television on Channel 19 on Comcast. Be sure to check those out. And I'm so glad you can join us this evening.